the days ahead. How many of you have been listening to Christian news, radio, prophetic voices? Okay, just, oh gosh, you come on, y'all step up your game. Um, now, um, some of us that have been listening to uh, whether secular media or Christian media or, um, or listening prophetic words through, through different websites and things like that, um, we've heard a lot of interesting things about the days that are upon us. Um, and I want to speak to that. Um, my focus today is not to tell you what everyone's been saying, because all you have to do is Google what is the church saying is going to happen today or, you know, blah, 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 you know, and you'll, a lot of you have already heard it. Um, but um, some of these prophetic voices have been saying some things that have caused a bit of concern. Some have spoken of extreme trouble in the days ahead. Others have spoken of great glory in the days ahead. <laughs> Some have said both. Some have been polar opposite of each other. And friends, it's really important as prophetic voices are saying sometimes different or slightly the same or varying things that we be anchored in the truth of what the Spirit of God is truly saying to the church. Amen? <laughs> Good. Um, so... In days of glory and in days of trouble, how is the church supposed to respond? Some people are wondering if they should buy gold or silver. Some, should I store away food and water? Should I run to the mountain? Should I leave the nation and move to Canada? Why not? There are lots of beautiful trees there. And health insurance. Um, <laughs> they're probably a little better at it than we are right now, but um, hopefully we're getting there. Um, and so a lot of us hear about, um, about shakings and quakings, and we start wondering about these practical preparations that we need to do. And friends, I want to start out by saying this, and I will um, continue to say this throughout, is that I do believe in the importance of practical preparation in times of crisis and trouble, okay? There are plenty of scriptural examples where the Lord will tell certain individuals or groups of people um, what to store away, um, how to invest their money and their time, um, and, uh, and where to go geographically. And so all of that is scriptural. In fact, last Thursday, we did a, a special session on practical preparations um, in times of crisis and trouble, not only for us, but also to bless other people. So I highly encourage you to uh, listen to that teaching if you're not here and to um, be, begin asking the Lord, God, what are practical ways for my family and I to prepare in times of trouble, but also in times of glory? Because friends, when revival starts breaking out, Thing, unexpected things begin happening, <laughs> and we need to be anchored. We need to be ready. So God, ready our hearts. Over these next couple of weeks, we're going to be um, talking about more of the heart preparation and the mind preparation for times of glory and for times of trouble. Um, we'll be going against the backdrop of Psalm 91. I'll be drawing from some of the lives of the prophets, particularly Elisha. Um, a few references to the prophet Daniel. We'll be looking at the words of Jesus and of the end time church described in Revelation. 
Um, so we'll be looking at a number of these things, but again, against the backdrop of Psalm 91, and next week, please come next week, because we'll be talking about the angelic ministry that God has released right now and that will be intensifying in the days ahead. So um, Psalm 91, let's turn there. Psalm 91, it's right pretty much smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Um, I'm going to read through the entire psalm, so read along with me, and, um, and then I'm just going to highlight a few specific verses today that we'll focus on. Sound good? Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you, nor plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the words of your spirit. We open our hearts right now to listen to what the spirit of truth is saying to the church in this hour. God, would you fill us with that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your son, Jesus, in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We set our gaze on him, and we open our ears to hear his voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So there's importance in speaking aloud the scriptures, which is why I did this to open up. And, um, and my hope and my prayer is that you will take this psalm and really begin to speak it aloud and declare what the Lord is saying through it. The most important thing I want you to take from today and really next week is right smack dab in verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I want you to say that with me. I'm in the New Living Translation, but I've said it a couple of times, so hopefully you can get it um, just as I'm saying. So those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. All together now. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. One more time. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Very good. The reason that this verse is so important, because um, it is what the entire psalm hinges on. It tells us what our part in the promises of God and accessing the promises of God are. See, when God releases promises over our lives, they're actually an invitation to cooperate with him. And what I love about this psalm is it focuses so much more on God's part than on our part. <laughs> Which means that our part is really simple. And that God's part is very complex and involved. But he's the one taking care of it. Now, when we look at this psalm, we see a number of troubling things that God is telling us about. Pestilence. Destruction. Terror by night. Arrow that flies by day. There's, there's uh, lions and cobras. There's, and, and if we're looking at a, at a fearful mindset, all of our attention goes on those things. However, when we really read and declare this psalm, it's so focused on what the Lord is going to be doing for his people in the midst of that, that it sets our hearts steady and at rest. So our job is to live in the shelter of the Most High. His job is to overshadow us with his protection. Let's look at the first few verses. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Those who live. Those who dwell. Those who spend time. 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 God loves your time because he loves you. And when we give God our time, when we give God our attention, our hearts will find rest. The shelter of the Most High. Now, some of your translations will say the secret place the hiding place, the safety zone, the bomb shelter of the Most High, if you will. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is the best bomb shelter to hide in <laughs> in case of any, tr any trouble on the way. The presence of God is the safest place for us to be. And when we talk about living there, I am talking about time, but I'm talking about a consciousness of the presence and of the protection of God. So that when we're walking about our day-to-day, -day, that it's not just a, oh, I didn't spend enough time with Jesus this morning. It's I'm walking in the spirit throughout the day, and I'm trusting in his protection over my life. Whether I'm in prayer, reading the word, I'm at work, 
I'm doing homework, <laughs> which I have plenty to do in grad school, by the way. Um, but this is the safe place. The most high. El Yon. The most high God. The highest. The loftiest. The one in greatest elevation. The one who is seated on the throne above every power, every principality, every throne, every dominion. That he rules in the midst of the nations. That he sets up kings and then he tears them down. That he changes the times and the seasons. And that he reigns in the midst of the nations. My friends, the most high God is where, he, is where we are being called to live, where we're being called to breathe, where we're being called to focus our attention and our consciousness. Daniel was a young Jewish boy that was taken into captivity by a foreign nation. This nation was a very pagan nation, Babylon. There was a diversity of gods being worshipped in the empire of Babylon. And Daniel and his friends set their hearts to worship the Most High God. And there was even points in the life of Daniel and his friends where their security and their dependence from the outside perspective, began to hinge on whether they would compromise their focus and their worship of the Most High and begin to embrace the culture and the gods of the empire around them. We're familiar with the story, and when I say story, I mean the actual event that happened of, these three, of Daniel's three Jewish friends being thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not bow down before the image that the king set up. And friends, we are living in a day where things are escalating, and there is a man who will set himself above every so-called God in the universe throughout all human history, and he will declare and he will force the nations to worship him. But Daniel and his friends set their hearts and said, I am going to worship the most high God. He is the one above every other God. And this name of Jesus is is beginning to be mocked at a level we've never seen before. But I'm telling you that when God's name is mocked, he shows up and he starts to humble the gods of the land. And he will stand on behalf of his people. The intervention of God in Daniel's life and of his friends was so dramatic that these pagan kings began to declare and and cause their entire nation to honor and revere the most high God. He will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Rest. 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 You know, Jesus warned us of great shakings that would be coming upon the earth. 
wars, rumors of war, famine, economic crisis. But do not let your hearts be troubled. Luke 21, see to it and that your heart and your mind is not dull with drunkenness, with carousing, and with the worries of this life. When we start giving our attention to all of the anxiety and the swirl of panic that comes when shakings arise, my friends, it dulls our heart and our mind. And Jesus says, see to it, see to it. It's going to take a refocusing of our attention to set our gaze on the Most High God. Because the heart of Jesus is that we would find rest when great panic is coming upon the earth. Friends, the people of God are being set up as a storehouse of resources in the days ahead. The wealth of the wicked is being transferred into the hands of the righteous. And the voice of truth is, is going to shine out and going to shoot forth from the bride like we've never seen before. And it will come through this place of rest in the shadow, in the protection, in the covering of the Almighty God. He is the Almighty. He is El Shaddai, the all-powerful one, the one with all the resources we need. One of these words for El Shaddai, which we translate in our Bibles as Almighty, is actually related to a breast. He's the many-breasted one. He is the all-nourishing one. And he will have all the resources that we need. And friends, he, he gives us that picture very intentionally. Because as a mother holding her child close, that is where the child feels safety and security. It's amazing to me to watch little children, three, four, five years old, that run to mama and find rest in her bosom. <laughs> King James. <laughs> I can always tell what version of the Bible read by how they pray and how they talk. <laughs> um, the bosom of the most high. Um, but it's, it's, I was babysitting my little niece last night. She's just over 18 months old. And she is just gave her a bath and she's running away from me before I can um, dry her off and <laughs> put a diaper on and everything like that. She's just having a blast. Um, is fully awake, fully alert, um, not ready to go for bed, but it's Uncle Matt, it's time for bed. Um, so as I'm, as I'm dimming the lights and as I'm putting her to rest, I pick her up and she, she will not sit down and lie with me. I have to get up and start walking around and put her right here. And suddenly all those cries stop <laughs> and she's ready to doze off and to rest. And she's not concerned about everything happening around her because she's safe. She's at rest. And I want to emphasize the importance of 
Rest in this context is not the action. It is the result of an action. And the reason I say this is because we get this idea of resting in the Lord, of resting in God, of, of we just need to be at a place of rest, which is true. But sometimes we interpret it as in, I'm just going to kind of hang out and do whatever and watch Netflix and just trust that everything's going to be okay. And maybe it will, <laughs> but maybe it won't. <laughs> Do not give yourselves to drunkenness, to carousing, to don't waste your time with these other things. God doesn't want us to be anxious, but the finding of rest comes through living, through focusing our time and our attention in the presence of God. And rest becomes the result. Verse 2, this I will declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Declare, I will declare, I will declare about the Lord. Our words, what comes out of our mouths is very important, friends. Jesus said that worry and anxiety start filling our life when we say, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? We, we, these things begin coming out of, our, out of our mouths. What will I do? What will I do? What will I do? What if this? What if that? What if that? But our, our, the, the call of God is to declare about the Lord who he is. And what does it say he is? He is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God in him I will trust. And friends, we have got to get in the practice of declaring these things about God when the anxieties of life try to drown us and dull our hearts. We're going to be sharp in the days ahead. And our words have to be sharp as the two-edged sword of his word. Refuge, place of safety. God is the only safe place in this hour. I will say again, I believe in practical preparation in times of trouble. The Lord told Jeremiah before the invasion of Babylon to buy real estate. The word of wisdom came forth through Joseph in the book of Genesis to store away food in a time of abundance so that they would be a storehouse of blessing in the time of famine. And notice, friends, about that story that the storing up was not for Joseph and his buddies. It was for the nations. <laughs> There were people from all over the world coming to Egypt, to one city, to get food. And I believe God is preparing places like that in the earth today. So there will be things that God tells us to invest in. But friends, I tell you that those are not our safe places. Our safe places is not in the food, in the water, and in the gold and the silver. The Lord speaks through the prophet Zephaniah. And he's speaking in the context to a, to a nation that is turned against him. 
He's not speaking to the faithful. He's not speaking to the remnant when he says this. So I want that to be clear. But he's, he's speaking to the nation of Israel that had gone into all types of idolatrous worship, of child sacrifice, of murder, of theft, at just skyrocketing levels. And he told them of a day of judgment that was coming. And he said this so clearly, your gold and your silver will not save you in those days. And if the Lord has spoken to you about investing in that way, obey him <laughs> because obedience to his voice is the most important thing in this hour. But friends, we cannot put all of our eggs in a material basket. We have got to find refuge in our safe place in the most high God. Friends, the Lord has challenged me in um, really resting and trusting in him as provider. Um, Two years ago, oh, a year and a half ago now, um, I hit the worst place financially I think I've been in my entire life. Um, and there was, um, it, it really came to places where I thought I'm not going to be able to pay some bills. Um, I was on a uh, majority of my salary came through um, monthly support for, uh, for being a missionary <laughs> <laughs> in the city of Dallas, on the campus of SMU, and uh, my biggest partner dropped off, and I was already hurting. Um, and there was, uh, it, it really shook me. Um, and it became a test of what am I going to um, rely on for my income and my resources? And, uh, and, and I had to make some very clear decisions about how I was going to start investing my time. Um, and without going into every detail, I can tell you that as those resources began to dry up, the Lord brought in a completely other resource that began to supply more than I had made. I was receiving more income at that time from another donor that came in than I had received at all ever in my life. <laughs> And it really began to expand my mentality of this and, and to start to depart from the poor missionary mindset that is unfortunately just all over the church. Um, but it is it really began to show me, God, you came in like right in the nick of time and you came in in an abundance. And I started to like this abundance. <laughs> I might have gone shopping. <laughs> I think I'm actually wearing a couple of things <laughs> that I bought during that abundance. Um, and then, but, but what started to happen is I'm really excited about this. My trust over time began to come into that other resource. And then a week, one week before the next paycheck was supposed to come in a year ago, I get a call and said, not going to happen. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so fortunately, I'd save money. You know, I believe in practical things too, um, not just shopping. Um, although it's fun. Lord, <laughs> fall shopping spree <laughs> would be awesome. Um, and so I had to start going to do other things. Um, the Lord was providing. I started tutoring, and and um, and there were other other ways that the Lord started bringing some supplemental income. Um, and and then the next season. Um, I am starting to consider going back to grad school. Now, I graduated from undergrad over, over 2008. 
um, and still paying off student loans. And the thought of school, like, God, I cannot, I cannot take on student loans ever again. I don't want to do it. Um, and, and I just thought about for almost a year about going back to school. And really the main thing that started to get me to think about it was having about 20 to 25 dreams <laughs> within an eight to 10 month period. And after about dream 10, I started to think, maybe this is not as symbolic as I thought it was. <laughs> the voice of the Lord is really important. Um, and uh, so I began la a year ago start starting to look into um, different uh, graduate programs, not even knowing what I was going to study. I'm currently studying theology right now, but I was looking at going back and doing music, which is what I did in my undergrad, doing theological studies, going into video game design. <laughs> I always, as a kid, wanted to make video games. <laughs> and then I actually went to, a, to SMU's program in Plano, and actually they have an incredible program. And people that graduate there find a, a, a job within the first six months, about 85, 90% of the students there. So it seemed like a great program, but I, I went in, it just didn't feel like a right fit, um, but I seriously looked into it. Um, but it, it, it came to a point of me just making a decision. Um, but, but the main thing I told the Lord was, I don't wanna pay student loans. And so God, if I'm supposed to go back to school, you're just gonna have to pay for it. So I apply on the last possible day <laughs> for the following semester, because I just decided to go to school like a month before, uh, <laughs> and then decide what to major in a week before that. Uh, I, um, I, I sent in my application and was supposed to hear back from financial aid. Didn't hear anything until the week before Christmas, and school classes were supposed to start in January, so I'm freaking out, obviously. Um, but Lord, you gotta take care of this, God. You gotta pay for this. They called me and offered me a 100% scholarship, tuition and fees. He is my safe place. <laughs> he is my refuge. He is El Shaddai. <laughs> um, and not only that, but a donor came in to sustain my living expenses through my first semester of school. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that same donor was supposed to be going in through the entire year and couldn't get a hold of them for a long time, but come to find out, again, about a week before my paycheck is supposed to come in, not gonna happen. Okay. But within that same amount of time, um, the Lord provided an incredible opportunity to, um, to, to administrate the Encounter Jesus School this summer. And the Lord provided that means, and uh, he brought everything that I needed. Um, so it has uh, literally been like every, we say season in the body of Christ, but literally every calendar season, I mean like to the day, as soon as one resource dries up, another one has come in. Just a month ago, um, the Lord was telling me to give um, an amount that really kind of made me go, uh. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't want to do it, and I wrestled for maybe like two weeks before I actually did it, um, but when I did, the next day, 
someone came in and said, I want to donate to you. And it was five times as much as I had given the day prior. And it actually just happened again with giving. And then I was offered a donation for 10 times the amount I gave. (laughs) The kingdom of God is such a good investment. (laughs) Friends, he is our refuge. He is our safe place. If you're going to invest in one area, invest in the kingdom. Obey the voice of the Lord. Give to somebody else in need. The prophet Elisha had to come to this place of faith because he, he lived in the land of Israel during a time of a corrupt government and a famine in the land and a military crisis. Um, so he had a lot going on. Um, one of the stories is that he comes up to this school of prophets. He comes up to an encounter Jesus school setting, if you will. <laughs> That's what EJS pretty much is. <laughs> it is a school of training people to hear and, and see the Lord. Um, so definitely do it. But he comes up and they're wondering what they're going to do for food. And Elijah tells them to go make some stew. <laughs> And so they make this big pot of stew from all these different gourds and plants. And it turns out that one of those plants was poisonous. And the sons of the prophets, those in the school of the prophets, realize it. And they're saying, Elisha, this stew you told us to make, it's going to kill us all. (laughs) And Elijah says, give me some salt. And he throws it in there, and then it becomes, or I think, actually, I think it's flour. And he, and he throws it in there, and it, it is, uh, it's, the, all the poison goes away. Now, I Googled flour and, it, and its detoxifying properties, and friends, it has quite the opposite. <laughs> if you look up flour on Google, all of these gluten-free people will say, you are, this is the end of your life if you eat flour. <laughs> so make sure it's the Lord telling you to throw flour into dinner <laughs> if that's what you end up doing. Um, they didn't have genetically modified food back in that day, so I'm sure it was a bit better, but you get my point. Um, and there was not only enough to feed that group of prophets, there was enough, there was left over. There was more. They began coming to him. Elisha, what are we going to do for water? Our resources are dried up. And this water that we have over here is really bad. It's not good for you. So he goes up to the water and takes a big bag of salt. I'm not sure how big it is. A bowl of salt, it says. He dumps it in and the water is completely purified for a very, very long time. One bowl of salt. Now, I don't know how big that bowl is and I don't know how big that water is. The Lord wasn't giving us a, a, a water purification method in a natural means. I don't believe that he was, he was saying there is a prophetic act I am doing that salt, which has purifying properties, is going to go into the water and I'm going to purify the physical water and you're going to be able to drink it. Friends, I believe God is going to be doing these very things in our day. Okay? And, it, and there was more than enough. 
more than enough. More than enough. Friends, God wants us to trust him, not only for our own lives and our families, but to be a resource and a storehouse for those around us. And I know that's the name of our church, and you think I'm just trying to brainwash you and to get that name in your head, but (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) We call ourselves Storehouse for a reason, because we believe that is what God has called the church to and called our community to, is to be a resource for the city by trusting in the Lord to, to move in power in the days ahead. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers and will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. God is overshadowing his people. And he will protect us from deadly disease and from lack. But we have to shift our, our focus on him. When we're focused on the negative and the trouble, anxiety, striving, and fear begin to grip our hearts. I'm not saying we're not aware of it. Psalm 91 is very clear that there's these things going on. But what he's saying is, here I am in the midst of it. And here I am to protect you. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Your armor and your protection. Your armor and your protection. I believe in practical preparation. Some people are, feel like they need to store away various arms and ammo for their protection. But friends... If that's what God's told you to do, okay. But here's the thing. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And friends, if we start putting our safety in material things, these are things that moth and rust will destroy and devour. But when we set our heart, when we set our gaze on the Most High, That is the safest place. So, what do we do? What do we do when this, when, 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 when crisis hits? Go back to this psalm. Focus our hearts, focus our mind and attention. Verse one, do we remember it? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. In the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Friends, this is a time to really be spending time with the Lord. This is a time to carve out that best hour of your day. This is the time to make that your priority. Because, friends, the wise virgins that store up that oil of intimacy. They are the first ones to greet the bridegroom in the release of his glory. And you will find rest in his protection. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, I want us to stand up. And we're just going to declare. You know, one of the... Um, I'm, I'm very intentionally speaking out of this psalm right now. Uh, I believe that this is um, for every single person in the house of prayer. And that this needs to be made a priority of really abiding in the presence of God and declaring who he is over our lives in the midst of trouble. So I just want us to stand and declare together um, verse 2. And, and, and you can repeat it after me because some of you have a different version. Um, but when we're doing it, we're, we're doing this in faith, friends, with there's power, life and death is in the power of our tongue. And when we start declaring these words of life, it changes the environment around us. It starts pushing back any anxiety and fear and it invites the rest of God to come upon our lives and upon our household. Okay, so speaking aloud is very important. All right, um, we will declare this about the Lord. Let us say this together. He alone is my refuge, he alone is my, refuge. my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust him. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the, the protection that you give us. We thank you for your presence, God. Lord, we ask that you would give us revelation of who you are as the most high God, as the one who is our safe place and our refuge. We thank you, Lord. We put our trust in you today. And we invite you, God, to be the one that is responsible for our safety and protection. We love you, Lord, and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.